The message Hollywood needs to send out is smoking is cool. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Underrated Podcast. This is a podcast from us here at the Undercast Company about films that are underrated, underappreciated, or ones that have just slipped under the radar and passed most people by. I am Derek McDuff. As always, with me are my co-hosts Ariel Ortiz. Hello. Alan Torres. Hey, what's up everybody? And we are also joined by our special guest, Larry Freed from the My Favorite Movie Podcast. How's it going, Larry? Hey guys, pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're happy to have you, man. Um, so yeah, you've you've got your own podcast. Uh, why don't you tell the people a little bit about it before we get too much into our the show? Sure, thank you. Uh, so my podcast is called My Favorite Movie Is. Uh, it's a podcast celebrating our all-time favorite movies through fresh, positive takes from passionate movie lovers. Uh, the show is hosted by me, and on every episode, we feature a cinephile of some kind. Sometimes it's a working filmmaker. Sometimes it's just a passionate movie buff. And we talk a little bit about the stories and experiences behind their all-time favorite movie, try to gain a fresh perspective on it that you've maybe never heard before, and you know, just get a, get a perspective and a story on a movie that you've maybe heard about or talked about a thousand times, but you know, there's always something new to discover in the greatest movies of all time from what I've seen. Um, and then we also have a fun segment on our show that we do every other week called the bonus round, which is just a fun, silly series of questions uh, that we ask our guests about the movie, just to have some fun banter. I ask them, you know, what movie would I pair? Uh, what movie would you pair your favorite film with for a double feature uh, in the Monopoly edition of your movie? What are the six playable tokens? If you had to recast it with the Muppets, who is staying and who's going? It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's a really uh, it's been a lot of fun working on the show. And uh, it's also been really great to connect with other movie podcasters like you guys and just talk about uh, talk about movies and gain new perspectives. And so if you're a fan of podcasts like this, and if you're uh, looking for fresh perspectives on the greatest movies of all time, you should uh, find my podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, definitely check it out, guys. It is a lot of fun. Thank but, you. Uh, yeah. But um, this would not be necessarily a movie that would ever be on my favorite movie is, but you know, because we do a little bit of the opposite here. These are not people's favorite movies, maybe, but these are more of the kind of underrated gems. So let's hope Larry. one day, if it ever is, <laughs> if it ever does come across my desk, man, it's getting <laughs> top, top billing on my show. No question. But Larry, why do you, what makes you, we'll, we'll kick it to you first since you're the guest. Why do you think this movie is kind of underrated? Well, let's um, announce the movie itself. Derek. Oh, I didn't um, even say, yeah. Is, we should yeah, say, uh, yeah. It um, is, um, thank you for smoking. It stars the also underrated um actor of Aaron Eckhart definitely down it comes down to like it being one of the most underrated but then also has a very um cast you have uh of course um uh J. Jonah Jameson himself um Blake Young <laughs> right Simmons. now J.K. J. K. Simmons. Simmons there we go just yeah, kidding Simmons just kidding Simmons lol Simmons yeah um <laughs> um William H. Grace uh Macy Macy um yeah uh and then a bunch of different Awesome actors. Sam Elliott, well. Katie Holmes, Rob Lowe, yes. mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, David Heckner, Maria, Maria yep. Bello. Great cast. Yep. Great, great cast. And then directed yeah. by um, 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 
Jason Reitman. Jason, Jason Reitman. Reitman. There we go. Who I am a yeah. really big fan of, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'll get more into that later. But yeah. written and written yeah. and directed by Reitman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Larry, Larry, take us away. Yeah. So this truly is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I don't know where exactly it ranks. I've never done a full ranking. Um, but yeah, it's just. God, I don't even know where to begin. My thoughts on this movie are are so loaded. Uh, I remember when I first uh, watched this movie back in 2018, actually. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, I was I was sort of doing like a Jason Reitman binge. I had seen the film. I had seen the film Tully, which had come out in 2018, which was also directed by Jason Reitman. And I, I liked it. And uh, I had been a fan of Juno for years. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I was like, what's up with this guy? Like, I want to I want to learn more about this guy's films. I want to I want to see his other collaborations with Diablo Cody. Uh, my dad is a huge fan of Up in the Air. He he talked about that movie and, uh, you know, screamed <laughs> praises from the rooftops uh, of that movie for a long time. And my dad does not watch as many movies as I do. So if he really likes the movie, it must be something special. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I just decided let's just jump in. And I started with Thank You for Smoking. And when I watched this movie for the first time, I, I thought to myself, like, did I like just discover like the best kept secret in movies? Like, why why is nobody talking about this movie? Like, this is this is a brilliant um satirical or farcical, I don't know exactly which which word I would use, but it's a it's just a beautiful send-up of um moral absolutism and politics and um all of this stuff that you know (laughs) at the time that i saw this for the first time we were sort of going through this political upheaval and uh, i was thinking a lot about uh how i felt about all these issues and like where was i going to stand about things and i felt super alienated by uh, both sides of the spectrum and watching this movie, it just felt like a beautiful kind of middle finger to everybody. Like it felt like this great, uh, like it was sort of poking fun at everybody. Nobody goes uh, untouched in a way. And it just was super funny, fantastic performances, great concept executed super well. And it introduced me to Jason Reitman really on a whole new level. And I, I came to appreciate him as a director um, a lot more. I consider Thank You for Smoking Juno and Up in the Air to be like the Jason Reitman trilogy, like one of the best trilogy of directorial films ever. Um, and, you know, talking about the rest of his movies is like, you know, whatever. It gets a little bit shoddy past that. But it was just a movie that really opened my eyes um, and just really resonated with me on like a very deeply thematic level, uh, which I can get into a little bit later. Yeah. If you don't mind that, um, I actually, um, got introduced by this movie to this movie fairly early in its like history. I think when, when it, it like after the theaters and all that, and it was on premium cable. Um, I, I watched it on there actually. Um, and and I've always like enjoyed it. I think I was about maybe the age of the sun, essentially, maybe a little bit older when I first watched it. And I and even then, I like really liked the movie. It is it, it definitely. I think it's it, it. We yeah, like you said, it's a really awesome display of satirical to the point where I think it's actually better than like Adam McKay, who's like kind of like oh, currently sure. been yeah. uh, currently is like the. Mm-hmm top satirical director you know most well known <laughs> i think it's actually better than than 
um adam mckay's like um movies in fact like um i would definitely choose this like over you know anything like that um and yeah it just it just packs a punch of of very much being a a lot a really a approachable movie for you know the common person who like isn't into politics too much like i'm not that much into politics or anything like that but i as a person and the way adam um aaron ackhart's character like just explains things is just so straightforward and you get it and it, it it's very much like him being a lobbyist and what he does well it's like like he said it, it is very much for paying the mortgage and and that's something that that is very relatable to a lot of people like you know you don't want to do a certain job but but it has to you have to make a living some way and like i guess in his way he he could use his powers for good and stuff like that but usually his power there's no good places where his powers can afford him <laughs> unfortunately um but 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 yeah, I I really do love this. I've always loved Aaron Eckhart. Um, kind of got a kick of like the movie that they were trying to get cigarettes in, starred Catherine Zeta Jones, because there's another Aaron Eckhart <laughs> movie with Catherine Zeta Jones that I would suggest too, giving a, a a watch of No Reservations, and um and yeah, it's just such a crazy movie. Um, even down to the beginning of of and the the credit title screens and, and the credits mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the beginning is very much a foreshadowing of this movie of like it's smoking is bad it's clearly bad like it's that's not the argument the argument is like make sure that you are educated enough to make that choice you know kind of thing and that's you know what should there's there's like you know a grayscale of of like of you know should more more uh warnings and labels be put on the cigarette boxes which it was very interesting to see like that they were trying to post um pass like the the a uh, picture of of it and which is something that i me i'm i'm a uh i graduated with a, a public health degree so i kind of have have knowledge on like international like things specifically with cigarettes and and in other countries they do have those pictures it's not that kind of picture where it says poison no it's a lot more like um educational in the way very graphic yeah yeah it's a lot very graphic (laughs) because yeah cigarettes won't turn you into that but but in other countries on their cigarette packs they do have a lot more educational pictures and real realistic pictures Mm -hmm. of like you know like um dark and and damaged lungs and 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 all of those kind of things so i think like even then like it the like yeah it's a satire of that that notion um but yeah even then in those other countries they're still smoking because just people smoke unfortunately Mm. yeah but yeah so as a former smoker uh, this was fucking oh, hilarious for me. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, awesome. I, okay, I can't wait. I that's awesome. I mean, it's awesome that you are. It's awesome that you are here to provide your perspective, and that, yeah, yeah. that yeah. you are of the former and not the current. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> so I actually did see this back in '06 uh, mm-hmm. when I was when I was in high school. I, I was like a super hard film snob, so I was like trying to watch everything I could that wasn't like 
the big blockbusters. I, I was trying to be cool. And when I first saw it, I didn't really get it right away. Like, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny, I guess. Like, I thought I knew what it was about. I hadn't lived yet. And then, hilariously enough, the next year, I started smoking <laughs> in high school. Not because uh, of the movie. Not because of the movie. Not because of the movie. I don't want any. I don't want anyone out there to be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like, but uh, <laughs> damn, that movie hit really well for this guy. This is the movie that got you to start smoking. Like, I don't know what movie you were watching. Like, there's barely any smoking in the movie to begin with. It's like the people who started Fight Clubs after they watched Fight Club. They just didn't get the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, I know yes. from another podcast I listened to that somebody caught on to smoking because he was in an anti-smoking ad, and they gave him real smoke. They gave him real cigarettes. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a big oof. That's a huge oh, yeah. oof. Whoops. No, I, I, I fell into it because uh, hung out with a lot of car guys, and everybody was like a lot of rockabilly guys, and it was like. This environment, listen to Stray Cats, listen to Horror Pops, and smoke some cigarettes all day. And then it just went on from there for like 10 years. You know, I was like, um, as I told Derek every time we go to the bars, I used to party like a cowboy. You know, whiskey in one hand, cigarette in the other hand, just fucking went ham. And, you know, you kind of learn the culture over time, you know. Cigarette smokers generally are pretty nice to each other, especially at the bars. You're like, hey, let me buy a cigarette off you. And usually people are like, no, 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 here, take it, take it. We all hang out with each other in our own little lung cancer-filled fucking corner. You know, smoke <laughs> filling up everything. So, a lot of fun. But, yeah, the, re-watching it was even way funnier because of, like, now I've experienced that culture. And and the the, the one of the biggest jokes that made me crack up was when they're, when uh, Nick Na- uh, Aaron Eckhart's character, Nick Naylor, he's talking to Rob Lowe and he's like, oh yeah, you know, we imagine this scene and, you know, they're having sex and they have a cigarette together after. <laughs> and he's like, and then he's going to pass her her favorite cigarette, Virginia Slims. And I had, I was fucking dying because <laughs> Virginia Slims is like typically an older lady, yeah. a woman's yep. cigarette. <laughs> so, you know, I remember if I needed a cigarette, you know, get, get it, when I, when I'd be working somewhere at a restaurant and there was an older lady and she was smoking, I'd be like, hey, can I have a Virginia Slims? And of course, she pulls it out. Here you go. So stuff like that kind of made me laugh because I was like, oh, I get this side. And then when they were saying, oh, we want to put the skull and crossbones, I was like, oh, man, I remember that because uh, you would go to, I would go to like, Diamond over here, this place called Diamond Bar. It's kind of more of like an Asian-centric kind of city. My homeland. I grew up there. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, and and we w- I would I went there to a couple bars and like you know we're like ah, smoking and drinking is like peanut butter and jelly. Don't do it, but I'm just saying that's how it felt. It felt like back then. So we're like, ah, I need to go buy a pack of cigarettes, and there was the pack of cigarettes with the skull and crossbones, and then it was like the the scariest version of the Grim Reaper you've ever seen. Like <laughs> it would have like fucking burnt disgusting lungs like it was terrifying and like when they were trying to when they were showing that part it's like we want to put skull and crossbones on it it just kind of really hit home a little because i was like damn i remember those days kind of thing but i thought this movie was hilarious i mean it's absolutely for for anybody now i understand it kind of living life and being a part of that kind of thing seeing it, it it's so much funnier than before and I really, really think people should check it out. 
because yeah, like you guys said, you know, it delves heavy, in, not not that heavily into politics, but I feel like it, it really hits with certain things, that, especially that's going on right now, yeah, in, in real life, you know. So yeah, I I, I loved a lot of aspects of it with, with the whole cigarette smoking stuff, but um, that's just one of one of my first thing. But I want to hear what you got to say, Derek, about it. Yeah, no, I I dug this movie. Um, it's been one I didn't watch it until you said um for this podcast when you said oh you know we gave me the list of things and I was like oh thank you for smoking we all kind of agreed that'd be a good one and it's because it's been on my list since it came out in two thousand five like I remember seeing trailers for it and it's one of those you know indie movies it opened in like five theaters originally from Fox Searchlight so I never didn't see it I didn't see it till years and years later I don't think it was ever really streaming anywhere. So I just never got around to it, despite me being a, like Ariel, thinking that Aaron Eckhart is one of our most underrated actors. I think he's incredible, especially like he's great in The Dark Knight. He gets really overshadowed by the other oh, great yeah. performances in that oh, movie, yeah. but he's incredible too. And I love Jason Reitman, especially, like you were saying, Larry, this trilogy that he goes through every two years from starting here in 2005 all the way up to 2009 with Up in the Air is is unparalleled. Like... Honestly, I'm I'm on the same page as your dad. I love up, I am such an up in the air stan. Like that That's is a great like, movie. Uh, oh my gosh. Movie, yeah. It's in my top hundred movies, like no question. Like I, I maybe my top twenty, honestly. I freaking love that movie. I can go back to it anytime. Um so I was really excited to go to see this one and that same kind of satirical smart writing that is so present in Up in the Air and that kind of witty all the characters are very witty. Um, and it's kind of fast-paced dialogue that doesn't feel too showy, but it is really smart at the same time, is present here. Like you were saying, Alan, I was really, it was really hitting me watching it now in, you know, July of 2022 in America. It feels so relevant where it is like, okay, the political system and the things we have in place uh, are that we hold up as Americans as being so great are uh, maybe not the best, you know, all these, the lobbyists and everything. And it doesn't point a direction of like, well, this, what we're doing right now is wrong. But if, you know, if this was written by, you know, Aaron Sorkin or something, he would be like, but the good people will come along and they will fix everything. Uh, or, you know, it, you know, and another, many, most other screens like, okay, well, the press is good. Or, you know, this guy from Vermont is good. Everyone is getting kind of skewed here. And I really dug that. It's just like, yeah, there are all these different institutions and none of them are really doing a good job or a good thing. And there's obviously good people in the press and good people in all these different areas. But there are, you can't just rely on the institutions to kind of save America and to do the right thing and just listen to them and trust that they have your best interests at heart, no matter how good they sound. Um, so that all really affected me. I think this was a very... Like I said, a very good time to watch this, given the political climate of everything, especially with all the stuff with, I think, uh, David Kochner's character, the gun lobbyist, really hit uh, a lot right now. That was like, oh my gosh, this is so... It was like almost ahead of its time. I was like, this is from 2005. Like, so I I thought it was... it was I wouldn't... I don't even call it Not bleak, it. because it's almost just like so snarky and just like, this is the way it is. It sucks. And it's... To, and, there's no no one learns a lesson at the end. Like he he gets out of the smoke industry, but just kind of goes into this other terrible industry. He's keep doing what he's doing, and he I love that line when he's like, "Yeah, I'm the best at what I do," 
just like Michael Jordan is the best at what he does or Charles Manson was the best at what he did. Because, yeah, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that you should do it. You know, it reminds me of Saeed from Lost, who was really good at murdering people. He was a good killer. And it's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do it. He keeps drawing back in. Um, so I think that was a really interesting aspect. And it's like, oh, you're good. There's this kind of perception that, like, if you're the best at what you do, you should go out and do it. And this kind of challenges that, I thought, in a really interesting way. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna uh just say this movie age this movie has aged like a fine wine. I think that this yeah. movie this movie has aged so well that it like grows its own cheese next to the wine. Like it's like <laughs> it's like there are two movies I feel like that age that literally get better as the years go on. One of those is the Truman Show, which is a whole other yes. can of worms. And the other is this movie. And I, ho I hope that the list can grow. Uh, but mm -hmm. what's so funny about this movie is that this was made in 2006 or 2005 or whatever. A time when, you know, television and movies and the newspaper was still sort of like the primary form of journalism and art and expression. That's like how a lot of the information in this movie is communicated. You notice that like, there's really not a lot of cell phone use in this movie at all. Like there's uh, there mm -hmm. like, I think almost every phone featured in this movie is like a landline phone or something like mm -hmm. yeah. when he had that blinking it, message, I was like, that's, that's very 2005. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a, I think he has a pager at one point. Like, mm -hmm. like this is a very analog movie and yet everything can be translated in some way to the current systems of information that we currently have it. We, uh, there's like a phrase that people use called the information age, which was sort of like when computers and all this stuff started being integrated into society. Well, now we're living in the misinformation age where like everybody's getting their information from headlines and tweets and their friends, anecdotal stories and stuff like actual education is is like being disseminated through all of these other outlets that have trained us to like see the thing that gets our brains uh fired up and then we have to start espousing that same thing and making conclusions and all this stuff and like this movie to me is like a complete um rejection of 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 that mindset and everything that comes with that mindset what I love about this movie is that it, it totally rejects this idea of moral absolutism, this idea that like things are right, things are wrong, no in between. This movie is like, here's all of the gray areas surrounding all of the choices we make as human beings. Here's how the thing that you think is bad with zero, with zero context can be good. Actually. Like this is like, this, this is move. This move, the alternate title for this movie is like smoking can be good. Actually. Like that's how I, <laughs> that's how I see it. Like I, I love, there's two scenes in particular. I want to point out about this because there are just brilliant stuff. The first one is the scene with uh, Sam Elliott who portrays mm -hmm. uh, the guy who played the Marlboro Man, which is, first of all, some yeah. of the best casting in any movie of mm -hmm. all time. Oh, but also, who else are you going to cast as a cowboy? Exactly. <laughs> but not just a cowboy, but like the aging... The big cowboy. Yeah, like the aging yeah. cowboy past his prime, symbol of an era that is totally gone. Sam Elliott, perfect. And if his mm -hmm. comments recently about Power of the Dog uh, are mean anything, it was even better casting than even they, they realized. <laughs> Um, and so he goes to he goes to the Marlboro Man and he gives him basically hush money. And the, at the beginning of the scene, the Marlboro Man is like, "Why would I take your dirty money or whatever?" 
And Nick Naylor, in this brilliant moment of manipulation, shows him all the money in the case, portrays to him like the situation. Oh, I know exactly what you're going to do. You're going to go to the L.A. Times and you're going to be like, oh, yeah, you're going to want to break this story. And you're going to they're going to get here. You're going to throw in a cough or two. You're going to throw all the money on the ground. And suddenly by the end of it, the Marlboro man's like, well, why the hell can I not take this money? And I'm like, genius, like literally like genius writing here like this. And the the basically Nick Naylor illustrates to the Marlboro man how much money's in the case. Suddenly he realizes how much it could help him. A man who is currently dying of lung cancer with a family, with a wife, with children, likely with grandchildren. Um, and suddenly it's all this money. And by the end of that scene has that great interaction with Joey in the car where he's like, Joey's like, did you think he was going to take the money? It's like, of course, nobody would be stupid not to take that amount of money. And the kid goes like, I agree with you. And I'm like, I love, like, I'm just watching this and I'm like, Mm, like that scene right there it's like i think that there are a lot of people out there who are very quick to judge other people off of very surface level things and and again the brilliant part about it is that no one there's no one answer to that scenario there are probably people who would never take the money there are people who wouldn't think twice and have taken the money right but the the episode the not the episode jesus the scene illustrates the spectrum of the morality of the character in that situation. Um, and then the second scene I wanted to point out, dang it, now I'm forgetting what the second scene was, but maybe I'll just stick with this first one. This first one is such a perfect microcosm. It's just like, it's uh, throughout this entire movie, characters are being propositioned with questions. Like, should they do this? Should they do that? What's right? What's wrong? What am, What is my stance supposed to be? And the answer is, you decide what's right and you decide what's wrong for your own belief. Like, you need to create your own belief systems. You need to come to your own conclusions about things. And you should not be projecting what you believe onto somebody else who has their own belief system. And, mm -hmm. like, it's just a... It, it, it's a... It, it, that is really what resonates with me about this movie. Now, granted, there is a bit of a reading on it where, you know, at the very end, Nick Naylor goes back to his job and sort of looks dead into the camera and goes like, I'm good at talking. And there is that vibe of like, man, this movie just played me for a sucker. You know, like this whole time <laughs> at the end when you realize that like not like very little has changed, even though, I mean, in a certain way, a lot has changed. You know, there are consequences, I feel, for a lot of the characters in this movie. But. I prefer to take the reading that this movie is is just about personal choice, crafting your own belief system, you know, deciding what you think is right based on your situation and what you think is right. And it's just this would be just such a great movie to show people nowadays because those gray areas, those complexities are totally gone now in the in the age of the internet and social media you know nobody can nobody ha can articulate those things online and so our entire human experience gets like like flattened into this simple black and white areas of uh of life and so people feel like they can totally judge a person after seeing one thing you know there's a lot of things we could talk about which i probably won't get into because it's just total can of worms but like we talk about like <laughs> cancel culture and we talk about like um just just twitter in general i think twitter is probably the worst of this even though it's the only social platform i use um <laughs> but it's like it's just this total flattening of of humanity of the gray areas of humanity and this movie just spoke to me at a time when we i felt like we were sort of processing what that looked like i feel like 2016 and on like the world was just different 
Uh, and so 2018, we were still sort of in the throes of it. And now looking back, this movie was just perfect for me at that time because I was coming to terms with all of this stuff in my life. And this movie came here to say, no, 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 no. Don't, don't give in to the simulation. Like, don't give in to all of these things. Like, you need to, you are you and you have your own belief system and you do what you think is right. And the genius part about this movie, and I, I know there are many genius parts about it. One of the genius parts about this movie is that it used smoking as a sort of conduit for that to sort of look at that issue, which which admittedly, in one way, this movie has not aged super well is that smoking is not nearly as much of an issue right now politically as it used to be. Now it's sort of about mm -hmm. weed and vaping and uh, a whole bunch of other uh, things. But, you know, back in those times, smoking was a huge issue. I remember seeing like, you know, political debates and parents talking about images on cigarettes, on cigarette uh, boxes, you know, like which this movie literally talks about you know it's it's it feels very based in reality and it takes this conduit of smoking and it uses this uh, this very heated issue and what i think a lot of people foresee as a very black and white issue and it uses that to totally explode all of your preconceived notions about literally everything and it's just like ah uh, it's just brilliant in that regard it, I, I i think this movie should be required viewing for a lot of people i think mm -hmm. the world might be a better place if more people watched this movie like clockwork orange style like holding up their <laughs> eyes with uh with uh the clothespins uh yeah. except they would they would be enjoying it <laughs> yeah no i definitely agree with that i mean like especially the fact that now thinking about it there ha is no on-screen smoking in this movie literally it's the all... only thing is Robert Duvall's character has a cigar, but I don't think he yeah. even smokes it in the movie. That's the mm -hmm. closest we get. Yeah. Which is weird because it's it, like in the rating at the beginning of the movie, it says smoking is one of the reasons for the rating. And I was like, okay, yeah, obviously. But that, yeah, like you guys said, it never actually happens really. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny. It's there a... uh, sorry, just real quick. Mm -hmm. I'm such a nerd and I just want to say <laughs> this. There are some deleted scenes in this movie that do have smoking. Uh, mm -hmm. But those scenes ended up getting cut. There's two scenes. There's one uh, when Nick Naylor goes back to the office and everyone's clapping and stuff, They all of them offer him a cigarette after he was explicitly <laughs> told to stop smoking. Um, and, he, and he smokes it for like two seconds before fainting. And then there's a scene that they had at the very end that they cut, and thank God they did this. They cut, there was a scene where Joey took out a cigarette and was about to light the cigarette in front of the press at the end of the movie when Aaron Eckhart finishes the trial and walks outside uh, and all that. And then... Nick Naylor sees Joey smoking a cigarette and he smacks the cigarette out of his mouth before he can light it. And it becomes this big, like <gasps> hypocrite, you know, like moment or whatever. Mm -hmm. Thank God they cut that. But otherwise, yeah, no. I agree that, otherwise yeah. no yeah. visible smoking, no visible mm -hmm. smoke. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I think it's very like, like you were saying about that, that I think every like life in general is very a gray manner. You know, there's so much minutia to life and to, to kind of like judge somebody you know of of like of one aspect of themselves is like in a, a very wrong thing to do and you have to like understand the whole person and who they are in order to like make a judgment at all uh, and that's like very much like yeah i i definitely agree with that and i this movie like just handles it very very well because like like I said, he is like at the end he is he goes back to doing what he does, which is just being a, is being a good talker. But like I've said, like I'm sure if any other group that is actually doing morally correct work goes to him with money, he's gonna be like, 
yeah, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll right. fight for you. You're paying me, you know, kind of thing. So, so yes, it's, it's very much so like, um, it's this moral gray of like, you know, doing what, what you do, and it's the question of like, do, you, how much, do you push that line of like your, I guess, what you're comfortable with, and for him, you know, he is comfortable with a lot, but then I think at the end, like you do see a little bit of a change in him because he could have gone back and like with, with big tobacco and stuff like that. But he chose like, ah, I'm, I'm done with this, this fight at least kind of thing. And like, I think he's a little bit more possibly is a little bit more selective in his clientele. Cause like now he's like, he has like a, he's um self-employed. He has like a, what's that word? Uh, like a contracting kind of like, um, freelance. Business. Yeah. yeah. Freelance mm-hmm. business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah no but yeah 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 i think i yeah i think that you know it is really interesting seeing him being this character who is so charismatic and like you said larry it, it reminds me a lot of the good place when they're like no one has gotten into small spo- spoilers for like season two of the good place um but they're like no one has gotten into the good place for like 500 years or whatever because the world has become too complicated they're like there's a chicken sandwich that if you eat it means you hate gay people and it's the best chicken sandwich and it's like <laughs> that like moral complexity That's a great example right great example that moral complexity of the world and how this guy in this movie can kind of convince you that like oh like smoking's not so bad while he's also at the same time behind closed doors being like yeah yeah you know, I'm, I'm debating with his friends about who gets the most kills and stuff like that. And I think it's a really good companion piece for Up in the Air because they're both these protagonists who have this kind of view of life that most people would not agree with that are incredible talkers and are able to convince you of this alternate, you know, viewpoint. This one, I appre- I was worried that he was going to kind of come around at the end and be like, oh, Joey, you know, like you said with the deleted scene and, and like change his view. And I'm like that it ends with him still kind of keeping his convictions. And I think he really could. He could just fight for anything. He he talks about, oh, you know, I'm as as long as I make these people believe, I don't think he really believes in anything. He just believes in himself being right and pushing that forward. I think that the natural next step is up in the air and you see the character. I won't spoil it, but the for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the character arc that Clooney's character goes through in that movie, I think is a really interesting um, dichotomy with this one. Um, I would yeah. say that would be a really good double feature with those ones. Like you said, Diablo Cody wrote Juno, but he both wrote and directed both up in the air and this one. And they feel much more of a piece that I think would be, you know, if that was a, you know, if this was somebody's, uh, somebody's my favorite movie, I think this would be the perfect double feature. Uh, that would be the answer uh, to your question nice. on that one. So nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, no, I was when you brought it up and I was thinking about up in the air, I was like, oh my God, these movies really do go together really, really well. One comes from more of a corporate satire piece and the other one ends up being a lot more of a character study, a lot more of a deeper character study. Um, but yeah, no, with Diablo Cody writing, we'd get a bit off the rails uh, in terms of Jason Reitman and his style. So uh, while the Trinity is unmatched, uh, and Juno mm-hmm. is such a fantastic film. I definitely think that Thank You for Smoking It Up in the Air make for a really, really solid double feature. Yeah, absolutely agree. I was going to ask, too, um, what other films would you think would be a, like a good double feature? I know those two that you guys are mentioning are like perfect together, but what else do you think would be like a good one to go with Thank You for Smoking? You know, it's funny that, that you brought up Adam McKay. 
I know, uh, I was about to say it, Adam McKay yeah. too. Yeah, you it's funny that that you brought up Adam McKay Ariel because because and that I sort of was thinking about uh Adam McKay because I am a fan of The Big Short. I really enjoy The Big Short. Mm. I thought that was a great film. I really disliked Vice strongly. Like I I truly one of the few films that I've ever seen that I like loathe. Um, and do then you like I like it because of the style, or do you dislike it because of the story? I dislike it because I think it's a mixture of both. I think that like, and maybe that I'll use "Thank You for Smoking" to sort of illustrate what I'm talking about here. But you know, with Adam McKay, The Big Short, while still very snarky and still very aware of the times, and very much like, here's Margot Robbie to explain a stock term to you in the, in the middle of a bathtub naked or whatever. Like it's very uh, tongue in cheek, very on the nose, very aware of its audience. But at the same time, it is still a very deeply personal character driven movie. That movie is a, is a fantastic ensemble piece. And by the third act, the movie really strips away a lot of its smugness to reveal the tragedy underneath everything. And I think Vice is much less interested in portraying a character and their story and much more interested in being a societal commentary um, and sort of forcing the audience to reckon with this, you know, this history of events without really doing it through a, a compelling story. I find that, that Vice is very flat in a lot of ways, stylistically. And it also hammers in a lot of uh, Adam McKay stylistic choices that I really don't like. I don't like the the um, the hard cutting in the middle of dialogue. I don't like the weird stock footage transitions that he uses throughout a lot of his scenes. I'm also referring to um, Don't Look Up, which is a better film than Vice, um, but not by a, a, a vastly wide margin. Um, and I think the reason why something like Thank You for Smoking is better than something that Adam McKay would do and why maybe I would pair it with the big short, but not necessarily with the other films is because everything in this movie is channeled through a character. Like ultimately this is the story about a character. He has a journey and he does have an arc, even though he, you, he does sort of end up in the same place, but not really like there is a, there is a revelation. The character is forced to have to confront the quote unquote villains of the story. You know, if we're going to say that Finister is a villain, um, which by the way, fantastic William H. Macy performance mm -hmm. and just a great character all around Senator Finister. Um, but, you know, he has to confront that character. He has to truly just commit to his beliefs. And then even after he admits that he would buy his son a pack of cigarettes, ultimately he, he decides that he's going to do what's best for himself at the end of the day, which is really what, what this movie, uh, you know, really parrots, I, I would say. And so it's hard to think of other movies that, that I would pair it with. Wolf of Wall Street comes to mind, even though Wolf of Wall Street is like, like <laughs> makes this movie look like the princess bride in terms of like content, <laughs> like Wolf of Wall Street is like, a it's literally absolute, on Quaaludes. Yeah, no, literally <laughs> like you're on Quaaludes. Um, but it is a similar story in that it is using a questionable character and narrator to illustrate a larger, um, a larger political issue. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like Wolf of Wall Street's a good one. Big Short. Those all feel very recent. I'm trying to think of one that like would be 
older, but there weren't a lot of movies that were made back then that were as self-aware about itself. I guess American Psycho also comes to mm-hmm. mind, even though that movie is also really, really much harder to watch. It's much less accessible uh, from a content perspective. But that's another movie that is really that's using a main character to satirize a sort of culture and like a political like a political atmosphere of a, of a certain time period. Yeah. What about I mean, you guys? Well, I think I would, I would say... agree with like oh go ahead. I would <laughs> agree with the um Wolf of Wall Street one. Um mm. specifically with the similarities between yeah like um Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Wolf of Wall Street and and Aaron Eckhart's character here because like like downright to the the whole in Wolf of Wall Street like sell me this pen speech yeah. and and scene mm. and stuff is like there it just oh, goes hand in hand. I like. If these two characters had met, they would be like best friends and like maybe trade like secrets and and like how how would totally. you like you know like you know strategize with each other and and stuff like that. So yeah, but then also like with I I would say like a mirror image film to to thank you for smoking. I would say would be Vice because where thank you for smoking is very much like it's kind of like for the most part a positive story in a way and like you feel okay with Aaron Hackhart's character and and the way he you know he ends up whereas like with Vice it's very much of like the bad guy always wins kind of thing in my opinion Mm -hmm. I kind of felt I did um, kind of feel that about this movie too I will say I did kind of feel like the bad guy always wins in this one there's definitely a little there's definitely a little bit of that for sure yeah 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 but um but yeah, in a way of like, I feel like Vice is a lot more of like that that antithesis to that, and that's like mm. what Adam McKay's like. Like you said, that one and and Don't Look Up are very meek of movies, <laughs> I would say, in yeah. the, in like how they end and stuff. Um, so so yeah, yeah, very much. But but yeah, so the it it depends on like how you want to companion this film, you know? Yeah, I think my answer would be. It's another movie from 2005 about somebody who is a dealer in something that causes a lot of death. Um, and it's a movie that I actually like this one. Oh, oh been... that's right. I was, I, that's the movie that I was thinking of, too. Well, it's another movie, movie that I've been wanting to watch since it came I out. Watch it and too. it is Lord of War. Oh, um, it's the wrong one that I, I have another movie <laughs> then. Oh, okay. man. What a. Uh, that stinks. <laughs> I really was hoping for a connection on that one. I know. Oh, no. It's, it's a different movie. I'll, I'll, I'll share that after yours, Derek. <laughs> but yeah, Lord of War, it's another one of these movies that, you know, it is it is kind of very, from what I stand, it's, it's something I've been really intrigued to watch by for a while. It's a great character piece, kind of an indie movie. Um, about this character who is a likable guy who does these horrible things and knows that his job causes death, but he does it for the mortgage. And it's one that, like this, I've just never gotten around to watch. So I should, yeah, I should have done that as a double feature where just watch this one and then watch Lord of War and got them both off my checklist. I have never heard of this movie. I'm going to have to Lord of War? Nic- Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage? That he's a gun. He's a. Okay, um, well, uh, I'm sold. Yeah, he's a <laughs> gun. Sold. Um, runner. Ring, is it Runner? Gunrunner. Gunrunner, um, yeah. 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 It's the, it's like the, I don't know how serious it is. I haven't actually seen it completely myself. I think it's, it's pretty like farcical to like this one. Oh, okay. Okay. So, yeah. Like it has, it, I think it's most that, famous um, for its opening credits, like this, mm-hmm. like the life oh, of yeah, a gun they, all, yeah. or life of a bullet. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but what was the one put, you were thinking of? Yeah. Sorry. I was thinking about this in 
while is watching thank you for smoking it's not it's not for something that kills people thankfully but the the two main characters of of both films are very similar in their way just because of how like um salesmany they are um the one i was thinking of which is a movie that yeah i do want to cover on here as well and i could provide a lot of industry um insight into is um love and other drugs with jake gyllenhaal oh i've heard of that uh, movie and anne hathaway it's a really good movie i i enjoy it a lot and but but uh, essentially jake gyllenhaal's character is it's at the time when um viagra just was about to get on the market and so he's a he's a a pharmaceutical salesman for viagra um but he meets this it's a whole thing but his character is very much like like the the like nice not nicer but he's doing it for good uh, okay <laughs> product um kind of character that like Aaron Eckhart yeah and there's not much morality of... to it but but <laughs> those two characters are very similar you know yeah mm. I I just also thought of two more movies that just came to mind one of the, well they're not uh the best movies but they just came to mind one of them is called War Dogs. With Miles yeah, that's the other my one. brother mm-hmm. fucking loves that movie. He keeps trying to get us to cover it. <laughs> that is uh I would not uh cover it. But it's a movie <laughs> with Miles yeah. Teller and Jonah Hill. It so desperately wants to be the Wolf of Wall Street but just does not quite get there. That explains um, but why it my is brother a, loves it, it. Yeah, but it is a movie that has a similar sort of um two guys get into a crazy situation and the morality of the narrator is always in question and things like that and there's another movie that i thought of called american made with tom cruise mm. yeah uh, where okay. he's uh smuggling drugs uh, i'm raking and... up the money honey that's all i remember is the, that yeah. part of the trailer yes. he's raking up money <laughs> yes. money raking it's <laughs> it's a movie that i discovered off purely a recommendation from a friend of mine because i have a friend who loves tom cruise like diehard tom cruise fan and we just watched it one night and it truly does there's that same farcical craziness to it um, that I think would, uh, and it also it also has a lot to say about that era and about specifically the 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 sort of um, the drug culture uh, surrounding that story. So that would also be another one. Uh, there, there's definitely a list, a letterbox list out there somewhere, like <laughs> unreliable narrators who are charming as hell, and then it's just like yeah. just go down that list. Alan, how about you, though? Um, well, you guys are really hitting a lot of like the character-driven ones. I kind of, I kind of like more of the satire kind of area where it kind of pokes fun of like politics and the government and stuff. So mine's kind of a, a shitty pick, but if we're gonna go for a satire night, I would go for like Idiocracy, mm-hmm. just because I feel like that one. Yeah, I know that one hits wow. a little too close to home. A now little it too. Yeah. It's too much, like in <laughs> your face. But I feel like I like. If it. you were to put, thank it's you. It's a good for movie. I'm just tired first. of film bros talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you put "Thank You for Smoking" on first, it's kind of like a little prequel to like, hey, look, like this is where things are going, and this is how things were, and then Idiocracy just kind of goes like, you know, we're our timeline now ourselves, kind of stuck in the middle, and then Idiocracy is kind of like down the line kind of thing. So if you're kind of like, hey, let's kind of just laugh at our governments and yeah. the politics like, of everything. Like, it's like, thank you for smoking. And then, like, you want to go on the, de- uh, uh, on the deep end? <laughs> the fun yeah. deep end kind of thing? Yeah. 
Japan is diamond board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, for some reason, another movie is coming to mind. I don't know if this is really the best pairing, but it's coming to mind in this sort of like uh, poking fun. But the movie Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. It's with yeah. Tina Fey. Oh, huh. uh, mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, it's, uh, it's not really so it's much a farce, farce yeah. as it, mm-hmm. it's not so much a farce, but it is definitely looking at the war in Afghanistan through a character perspective and sort of like, it does definitely have those moments of like witty, like poking fun and it has a great mm-hmm. ensemble cast. And I guess I, I, I think about this with thank you for smoking because they, because there are a lot of dramatic moments in thank you for smoking that really, I think, um, get uh well i mean this movie goes completely unnoticed but even for the people who love this movie there are a lot of dramatic scenes that i think just do people do not talk about with this movie i think the the death of the of um the captain is that his name robert duvall's character yeah yeah yeah. um Mm -hmm. the death of the captain is like a heart heartbreaking moment i love the freaking mint julep on top of his casket yeah yeah i want to try try that mint um trick i oh. wonder if it like really helps oh it works it works <laughs> oh, yeah. let me let me tell you it works <laughs> yeah uh, it's okay. a great dramatic moment there um i love the dramatic moment where they are getting ice cream aaron eckhart and joey are getting ice yep. cream and they have mm-hmm. that great conversation which is like uh basically along the lines of like i'm not here to prove that yeah, I'm not here to prove that you're wrong. I'm here to prove that I'm right, mm-hmm. uh, which is just a brilliant distillation of everything in the film. And so, like, when I'm thinking, then, sorry, so, if, oh, sorry, just to cut you off. And the best payoff is that they're eating vanilla ice cream vanilla together. Ice cream. Yeah. Yes, yes. Oh, yes, genius, 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 genius. This movie, all around. Uh, yeah, this. If you wanted something a little bit more that that hits more of the dramatic points, mm-hmm. I don't know, whiskey tango foxtrot for some reason hits i really enjoyed that movie when it first came out it's been a it's been a while and i would like to revisit it soon um but yeah that's a that's another one okay can, can i yeah. just can we talk mm. about the scene in the van when he gets kidnapped yeah and is being yeah. like when nicotine patches are being um L- layered on him like, layered is a great word thank layered, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> genius literally mm-hmm. genius like that scene to me is representative of a lot. Like my fav- one of my favorite moments in the movie is when he wakes up and the doctor is like, nobody with that level of, uh, nobody with your level of uh, nicotine tolerance would have been able to make it out of there alive. Like, I don't know how to say this, but smoking saved your life. I was <laughs> like, this movie, does this movie get better? Because we've peaked. <laughs> like, we've peaked. Yeah. Like, it's a great, it's a uh-huh. great f- dramatic moment. First of all, cutting, it, um, it is cross-cut with the speech uh, that Joey gives in class, which is a brilliant moment of cross-cutting. But the, the very fact that it saves him, and then he also makes that comment during the trial when he says, like, oh, well, you know, actually, there was data that just was released that says that smoking can offset Parkinson's disease. I was like, is that true? Uh, Someone, oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, uh, is that? That's uh, why weed, real. Weed. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And that's why weed is like now being used a lot for yeah. Parkinson's. Um, it's it's yeah. the kind of like the dull, <laughs> the dull. It's because Parkinson's is the overreact, overactivity right. of, of neurons. So the dulling of neurons, which 
with nicotine and and then THC can contribute to that that reduction of Parkinson ep- episodes. My dad is never yeah. going to get Parkinson's then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I eventually would go to do some research and find out that like smoking has some, you know, adverse effects for a number of people and it's it's just this great scene that also has i love that guy the guy in the van who's like nick we want you dead you know like yeah. just a perfect it's really, voice of god in this yeah scenario. and it's really good that like there's it, he literally comes out of nowhere both like in the phone call and then in the yeah. in the van he has no connections to any any kind of group that we've seen so far it's literally we just he's it's just this guy and there this group of people that hate him so much and stuff like that and then we never see him at, again like they don't even catch him right yeah i thought no, it was going to come back throw out, yeah. they throw out the but case never did. which to be yeah. honest is way more accurate of a situation they just totally yep. throw it out yeah. after they th- mm-hmm. totally throw it out after gaining no leads and this movie is so freaking ballsy like i truly think this movie is so ballsy for in 2006 to be uh portraying like basically um toxic positive terrorists essentially (laughs) in in a movie in a movie about smoking like i don't know exactly what kind of terrorism they're doing it's not ecological terrorism it's just like Mm. it's like it's it's just it is though straight up an act of basically terrorism that they mm-hmm. pull off with this guy right here and this if you showed this movie to somebody like today i think it would be even more ballsy and then to portray the the government official as though he's like ah great he's still alive now he gets sympathy points like <laughs> just absolutely mm-hmm. this movie is so bold i think it, it, it is so unafraid to have its characters be so thoroughly motivated and i think that's just something i would want to bring up as a point real quick because i think a lot of movies like you were saying derek like a lot of movies they do this this um contrived thing where a character's motivations sort of change at the drop of a hat after seeing one thing and suddenly they're like oh it's like oh i see the puppy being hurt on the street and now i care about things you know like i think a lot of the strongest movies out there are movies that commit to character motivations and commit to characters being who they are um and which is what this movie does for a lot of its um supporting characters obviously aaron eckhart's character sort of has to go through the journey but all these other characters surrounding him are so just there's no uh there's no pulling punches punches like jk simmons's character just an asshole all the way to the end of the movie like there's no there's really no attempt to redeem him same with the with finister same with the merchants of death even though like we like them but it's like just straight up david (laughs) david keckner like (laughs) you know brings out a pistol and the kid's like cool he was like yeah right (laughs) just straight up like no apologies and it's what makes the satire so brilliant because the further you continue to motivate your characters in this way, the just the better and funnier I think the movie is. And of course, Aaron Eckhart at the end eventually totally succumbs to it and is like, I'm good at talking. I'm going to get these cell phone guys to get away with uh, cell phone use, which, you know, by the way, is another fantastic, a perfect 
uh, continuation of the story because you know there were a lot of scientific studies that were going out initially when cell phones were happening it's like too much cell phone screen time will crush your brain you know and, and ruin your eyes or whatever and uh like brain cancer and like nobody gave it the kind of credence basically in the same fashion it's this is one of the few movies that i feel like you can make five sequels to and it would just there's too much content there's too much stuff to incorporate i think a thank you for like if they made thank you for vaping i think <laughs> that it would be it would be uh gangbusters i think that it would <laughs> totally work as the same the themes of this movie are eternal in my mind yeah and I will say, too, I appreciate, because you brought up that there could be so many sequels, but I also appreciate how concise this movie is and how like compact the arguments are, because this it's is true, a 90-minute yeah. film. And I, I yeah. love long epics, but for a movie like this, I, I, it is not, because I just watched Titanic the other day for another podcast, and I was like, this is good, but holy shit, I have things to do in my life, you know? And so for to real, like just dude. like for real. To just be like, okay, cool, all I have to do to prep for this one is to watch a 90-minute movie, you know, and then you know, same thing. Juno was about ninety minutes. You know, up in the air was a little bit longer, but still under under two hours. So, it, it there is something to be said about just getting your point across and in a really streamlined way. And I dug it. I agree with you with that. Movie, That's probably my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, the art of the Sorry, ninety yeah. minute movie is dead, unfortunately, <laughs> in this current in our current culture. We we have people. Begging for director's cuts, you know, with release the Snyder cut. Suddenly now it's like all the fans want <laughs> is like director's cuts of everything, which like granted, I hear ya, I hear ya, but I don't want to watch a three hour assembly cut of your movie. Like there's a reason why, you know, the cut, <laughs> you know, the cut of the movie that we watch in theaters is the cut because under usual circumstances, it's the best version of the film with like very 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 few exceptions in my experience and i totally agree dude i am so tired of going into a movie and seeing the other day i was like oh maybe i should go see elvis the new baz luhrmann film elvis I, I, like yeah two and a half hours two yeah. hours and 47 minutes Holy two shit. hours and 47 minutes for, like like baz luhrmann's movies previously have like been pretty good length you know good enough length actually sorry yeah, i lied i just I just looked it up to confirm. It's actually two hours and thirty nine minutes. Forgive mm -hmm. me. Shave off. Uh, shave off. Like the what, credits. Eight, <laughs> yeah. It's a very. It's a very like. Uh, with biopics themselves, they they run kind of long, which is kind of like understandable. You know, you have a person's whole life to go through and stuff. But but yeah, yeah, definitely a long movie. <laughs> yeah, go go see Petite Mama. It's seventy minutes and it's the best movie. Yes, of the year. bro. Yes, it, well, okay. Best movie is a big title, but I do enjoy. It's in my top I did enjoy two, Petite I would say. Mama. So so far, I did enjoy so Petite Mama very yeah. much. Yeah, no, that that's a beautiful, beautiful film. Uh, also, in certain ways, a bit confusing. We could talk about that off. <laughs> but yeah. um, but uh, yeah, dude. The, like, I'm just so tired of going to the movie theater and seeing every movie is two hours and twenty minutes, two hours and thirty minutes. I'm like, I do think that there has become a somewhat fetishization, you know, of the long movie of like the director getting to make his long epic, you know, Martin Scorsese made the Irishman, 
and it was like a complete slog. No offense. There are parts no, of the movie I'm on that the I really enjoy, you, but it's man. a slog, dude. That's there are parts of that movie that are a complete slog. Um, and uh, I saw it in a movie theater. I totally gave it the cred. I saw it in a movie theater, and man, that movie was long. Um, and now we have James Cameron giving a middle finger to people who don't want his movie to be three hours long. Uh, his He's new making Avatar a three-hour movie. movie about water. How are you not going to go to the bathroom? <laughs> that's a very good point. Very. That's that's gene. Good job. Claps. No, but uh, no, but but in all sincerity, it's like the art of the ninety-minute movie is totally gone. This movie is so concise. There are a number of deleted scenes. Actually, if you look, uh, I believe it's on the DVD, but also on YouTube, you can watch a lot of the deleted scenes. And not only do the deleted scenes feel correct in being deleted, most of them it it truly benefits the film for them being deleted but the movie also deleted certain scenes that were like part of the style of the movie like uh one of the weirdest scenes in the movie but but sort of one of the funniest ones is when Aaron Eckhart, Aaron, Nick Naylor's character has to goes. He's like the star of like the fire safety. Yeah. He uh, instructional his, video. Like, when he's passed out. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh, really funny, surreal moment, which I think actually is a brilliant. It's a great uh, idea for the film. Um, but there was another scene that he was going to star in an airplane safety video where he, um, passes out from like la or like from there's like for some reason cigarette smoke just shows up in the plane and like like suffocates him as he's trying to put the mask on joey and uh next to him and he wakes up on the plane and like you see that they were they did not um they were very very cognizant of when a scene should be cut like when things did not help with the pace when they were being a little bit indulgent, there are scenes with Finister that were cut down a little bit, which I think uh, helped the pacing overall. It's a movie that is just so quick and really moves and it takes the exact amount of time that it needs to in really almost every scene while still getting to have, it's still getting to be fun and indulgent. I think like my favorite line in this movie is one of is Adam Brody is walking with uh, Adam Brody's character, who is the studio exec's assistant, is walking down the hallway, and he goes like, "Hey man, I'm gonna okay. like, I'm gonna like kill your, do- I'm gonna feed your dead dog to my mom who has syphilis." <laughs> and the guy goes, ha, 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 "You got me good." And I was just like, I was like, in any other movie, in any other movie, that bit would have been cut, just like straight up. Like, there's no mm-hmm. way we could include that shit in this movie. But world building. this movie does it. <laughs> world building. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Truly. Adam Brody's character is the comedic MVP of this movie. I think he is hysterical in this Another movie. Another truly underrated yeah. actor. Yeah, definitely. Truly. I, I remember seeing him in, I, I saw him in Ready or Not, which is a movie I love. Oh, and, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. great movie. movie. And I so saw him bad. in that. And I, I actually got to go to a Q&A where he was there. And he had so many great insights. And I just realized, like, wait, this guy's like really, really good. And then I was like, where do I remember him from? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, he's the douche from, the, from Thank You for Smoking. He's like the guy in the he's the studio exec assistant. Um, he's uh, phenomenal in this movie, a fantastic single scene, a single scene, uh, scene stealer. Uh, but yeah, 90 minutes, man. 90 minutes, and it, it mm-hmm. soars and it's bloody fantastic the the in terms of runtime great pacing all around yeah yeah definitely 
All right, guys. Any any final thoughts before we wrap up the show? Oh, it's, oh no, wait, it's just that. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm getting nervous now. No, please, everyone else, go. I'm gonna think. Yeah. Um. For me, no, definitely just a banger of a movie. I mean, even from the first time that I watched it, it's just such an impressive movie, and like, is so easy to understand, especially like like I said before, taking this like. Pretty, you know, controversial, but also complex story. And then kind of not dumbing it down, but this like clar- adding clarification to it in a way or just or explaining it in a way that is universal. And like we said, just such paints such the picture of of, you know, how world is. It's just black and white. You choose your fights kind of like the choose the fight that you want to fight. And don't don't criticize anybody else's fight. That's essentially my, what I get from it, and that's what how I live my life. You know, like just just leave leave people be. Just do your own thing. Care about your own person, and and um, don't care about anybody else's because you don't know who they are. So, so yeah. I think the biggest thing that stuck with me was I was like. So if I had kept smoking, I would have survived the nicotine patch attack. <laughs> <laughs> and I was because, like, damn. Because I am at, I am in danger of that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, damn. What if it happens to me? Now <laughs> what I'm if you die. get kidnapped by terrorists <laughs> and get nicotine patched? <laughs> oh man. Oh Be man. Be careful out there. Be careful of vans. No. No, no, the, ter- the terrorists just no, because you don't know they might. The terrorists just to be safe, they're crossing it off of their 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 in their notebook. Like mm. we can't we can't attack him that way. What can we <laughs> attack like, with? Dang it! Now he's on to us. Scratch <laughs> it off the list. All right, we got to go for someone more oblivious. <laughs> that was your that was your takeaway, Dallas. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Right. I was oh. like, should I go to the liquor store and go buy a pack of a uh, Camel Menthol Crush? My old favorites, and I was like, "No, don't do it. Don't do it." Just, you're, you're tolerated you're enough. You, you're tolerated yeah. enough. Oh. It was a bit. You didn't want to be. You didn't want to be Catherine Zeta Jones and George Clooney after uh, after no, bad beautiful pit. copulation <laughs> or Brad Pitt. Bad. Sorry, after beautiful copulation, smoking a Virginia, Virginia Slim. Virginia Slim. <laughs> speaking speaking of runtime, Virginia Slims take forever to smoke. They're like yeah. this They're fucking long. big, like a foot long, yeah. and they I burn I so smoke. fucking slow. I just know things. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, they Are take they... forever. Oh my god! <laughs> they're they're like that. Um, what's that? Those long tubes that people would smoke through uh, in um in like the fifties. Oh, like Rilla Deville kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> they're kind of like yeah. the equivalent, the cigarette yeah. equivalent of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, did you, Did you have anything else to kick? Uh, kick in about the movie, Larry. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like I've said a lot about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just you know what's fascinating to me about this movie is that there will be people who watch this movie who smoke and then will just continue to smoke, probably. You know, like, and there are people who, you know, when I was a kid, I got all the education about smoking. I got all of the, although probably more one-sided you know more of the anti-smoking than the uh you know the potential positives of smoking you know but you know i was given a thorough education about all that stuff and 
what strikes me a lot in that, you know, catching up with some people from my time in like elementary school and middle school is that people, even with all of the education, even with all of the resources provided, they will still smoke. And yep. this is, in, is, I do not say this in a manner of judgment. I just say this in a manner of perspective. You know, I think that this movie is just, it, it's just, uh, it illustrates that everybody, as you said, Ariel, it's like everybody is like, everybody's going through their own fight. Everyone's got their own thing happening. Everyone is trying to just make their way through life and existence and you will never have a full grasp of somebody's context and somebody's life and all the things that they do some people like just enjoy it like some people just enjoy smoking they just like doing it and like who am i to go up to somebody who is like a 60 year old smoker and be like oh you should stop smoking you know it's like like is this what this movie has me thinking about all the time it's like it it it's a great smoking is a great conduit to have these larger conversations about just like obviously have empathy and sympathy, but also just let people you just you have to give every situation a you know a unique takeaway and perspective on it. You have to bring it you have to bring a, a blank slate and a fresh perspective into everybody's situations and what everybody is doing. And this movie just really highlights that for me. And to be honest, there are very few movies that I find are so articulate about that point than this movie. That's why I know I can keep revisiting it year after year after year. And it's just gonna, it's gonna stay golden. Like it's going to, I do think in like 10 years from now, I think this movie is going to have to be just as relevant, if not more so uh, mm. than ever. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, well said. Uh, well, Larry, uh, thank you for all of all of that uh, great uh, wisdom, and thank you for this pick. We've had, I think, a ton of fun breaking it down. Um, where can I mean, we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show? Um, but where can people find you and your podcast? Uh, well, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't blabber off too much about it. But when I love a movie as much as I love this one, the the thoughts are unending. This um, is a podcast. That's the point. Yeah, this is what we love, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's a round table. But it's a round table. And I was like, let the other people talk. But I was like, but I love it so much. Um, no, man, we, we appreciate the passion. This. Yes. Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate I appreciate that as well. And, you know, I hope to cover this show, one, this movie one day on my show. You know, fingers crossed somebody, mm -hmm. somebody comes to me with it. But yeah, once again, my name is Larry Freed. My show is called My Favorite Movie Is. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your platform is. It's also available on our website, uh, www.mfmipodcast.com. That's the acronym of the show, MFMI, My Favorite Movie Is. We have every episode up on there as well. And just to give a, another quick plug, if you do end up listening to the show and you do end up enjoying the show, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash MFMI podcast. You get uncut and ad-free versions of all of the episodes of the show. Plus, you get to be a part of the feedback zone on our Discord channel where you get to hear early versions of every episode, give feedback on things, and... Uh, you get to help support the show and continue to motivate me to make it happen. Uh, so if you liked this conversation and you liked some of the insight that I brought onto the film and you thought, oh, wow, now I'm thinking about this film in a whole new way. That's like what my show is every episode. So 
be uh i would really appreciate uh anybody giving it a listen you know wherever you get your podcasts yep yep absolutely it's it's a great show um i know a lot of our listeners are fans of beyond the screenplay we've had trish on here before she's been on your show as well as a number of the other um host of that show um so yeah that's that's definitely yes that is that is true if i can very quickly that's a great segue for just if if i Mm-hmm. I will particularly plug a few episodes that we've done with the Beyond the Screenplay team. We've had Brian Bittner on the show talking about Fight Club. We had Michael Tucker on the show talking about Star Wars, uh, Episode 4, A New Hope. And then we uh, had Trisha also on our show talking about Jurassic Park. And just to give this, I'll give you guys a little bit of an exclusive goodie. But we do plan to have Alex Kairos on the show as well talking about Children of Men. So we are Ooh. we are planning to uh, have a clean... A clean streak, all four of the BTS team on our show. And they're just so great. They're all fantastic, mm-hmm. full of insight, full of new ways of looking at um, already amazing movies. So, um, yeah, if you like uh, if you like Beyond the Screenplay, we've got plenty of good content as well for you. Yeah, I yep, really, yep. hope to, really hope to possibly, yeah, um, star, or guest star in your, in your podcast. Because, like, um, for me, plugging... Now plugging my own um po- other podcasts um that that I host of 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 you never seen question mark exclamation mark I've actually been going through a, as a series with my brother um watching my favorite movies because mm. he's never seen my favorite movies which are um a few that that so far we've covered um Garden State and then we just recently covered Across the Universe and then um the final one would be um The Fall. So, so that oh, one wow. will be coming out at the end of eclectic mix. I like that. <laughs> I like all those movies. Yeah, well, yeah. you are all welcome on the show anytime. Yeah, yeah. I know me and we and Larry have been talking about doing an episode. Are we allowed to say what the movie is going to be yet, or Larry? Should we yeah, I mean, we'll see if, the, if we'll see if it even happens. Yeah, you're <laughs> you're welcome to you're welcome to shout it out if you'd like. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, we're the plan is uh, to talk about Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. So, uh, so guys, definitely. To keep it keep an ear to the ground for that not sure when it's going to happen or what's going to happen with that but uh that's that's to be honest with in you, the early I so i so desperately want it to happen but i am also so desperately trying to find two other people to talk about <laughs> the other movies so we can do like a full-on like uh you know may of mordor or something you know like yeah. a full-on a celebration of the movies so i definitely want to have you on the show talk about it not we not sure when it's going to happen but you know if you follow me everywhere you get your podcasts and you know follow us on social media maybe you can yeah. uh, be on the lookout for it what, one amazing. of my one favorite day. movies is return of the king um i <laughs> i prefer it more over than two towers but well, I mean that—that's what's so funny about having him on the show. Is ironically, I got the hardest one out of the way, but yet I'm mm. not prepared for the other two. So <laughs> it's like a, it's a scramble, but at least I got the one like the one that I would say on average is the least people's favorite of the three. But that's what makes this perspective <laughs> so interesting, you know? Like mm-hmm. that's that is mm-hmm. the that is the exact kind of perspective that we feature on my show. It has people rethinking movies in a new way? How in the heck? Could the two towers be <laughs> somebody's favorite movie of all time, let alone their favorite Lord of the Rings film? Well, you'll find out if you listen to it. You'll find out, yeah. Yeah. I've I've been thinking about it. I've I've got some thoughts to say, but yes. Yeah, oh, so I'm ready stay- for the it's juicy. <laughs> I'm ready for the juicy takes, man. I'm here for it. But yeah, other than that, we do have a couple other shows like Ariel mentioned, we've got you've never seen um we also have a Patreon, so patreon.com slash undercast company, and I'm getting ready to 
launch season two of my show Gateway Episodes, where we look at TV episodes that are iconic or ones that would cause you to step through the gateway. So once we hit our next Patreon goal, uh, we'll start to release season two of that show. We also uh, talk about Marvel on my show Infinity Stones and Dragon Bones. Uh, So whenever there's a new MCU property that comes out, uh, we cover that. But yeah, check us out. Email us if you have an underrated movie you want to hear us talk about at undercastcompany at gmail.com. Or just follow us on all the socials at Undercast Company, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. But I think that about covers it here for Underrated. Thank you again, Larry. Thank you, guys. Pleasure was all mine. Thanks, Larry. Thank you so much, Larry. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody out there, for being amazing. Take it easy, y'all.